Thanks for listening to Becoming. You are listening to episode 118, I Am a Child of God. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Hey everybody, it's Tawny here again with you. I'm happy you're here with me today. I'm sorry you've been getting me solo so much lately. I still love and adore Erica. She's actually in Puerto Rico right now. And to be honest with you, I've just been whipping these last few episodes out like a couple days before they are due to air. (laughs) I've been insanely busy. Life as a single mom is crazy, but this is a huge priority for me and I haven't run out of things to say yet, so you're stuck with me for a while longer. But we do have some interviews coming up, so we'll get back to our old regular programming soon. I had an experience years ago that keeps coming to my mind. I've played it over and over, and when that happens, I almost always know it's because I need to talk to y'all about it. I really do love diving into different experiences that I've had to see what lessons I've learned and what I can do better next time. This simple story is no different. It has caused for years of reflection for me. It has left me wishing I would have done more, which always helps me to do better in the future. This happened about seven years ago. We were on an airplane heading to Florida for a Disney cruise. And at this time, I only had two girls. They were bursting with excitement for the trip. But that did quickly wear off when the exhaustion of traveling so late started to set in on my three-year-old. She was sitting with her father across the aisle, just getting really fussy and restless. And I knew that she just needed her regular bedtime routine of being rocked to bed while sung a lullaby. So I switched seats with her dad and asked her what song she'd like me to sing. And I remember without hesitation, she said, I am a child of God. So I sang what I thought was quiet in her ear. Before the first verse was even over, she had fallen fast asleep. But something inside of me told me to continue singing each verse of that beautifully written song. So for those of you who know these words, bear with me and just try to really internalize them as I read through them. But if you're new to this song, it's a beloved children's song from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's in our hymn book as well. It was written in 1957 by Naomi Randall. It goes as follows. I am a child of God, and he has sent me here, has given me an earthly home with parents kind and dear. And the chorus says, lead me, guide me, walk beside me, help me find the way, teach me all that I must do to live with him someday. The next verse goes on, I am a child of God, and so my needs are great. Help me to understand his words before it grows too late. I am a child of God, rich blessings are in store. If I but learn to do his will, I'll live with him once more. And the last verse says, 
I am a child of God. His promises are sure. Celestial glory shall be mine if I can but endure. As soon as I finished singing, this big grown man sitting in front of me turned around and with tears streaming down his face, he told me that that was the most beautiful thing he'd ever heard. Well, if you know me very well, you know that he wasn't speaking of my singing voice. I know that the Spirit of God spoke to his heart. I was slightly cut off guard, thinking that no one could hear me. Airplanes are so loud. And all I could do was smile and thank him. And he quickly turned around and sat back in his seat. And I began thinking about his comment and that tender look on his face. And I just remember getting super choked up. I wondered if he had ever been told that he was a child of God. Did he know that life-changing and eternal truth? Because this knowledge that I'm in fact a child of God is without a doubt the anchor that connects me to understand who I am and what my purpose in this life is. Those of us who know this and believe this truth are given such an advantage in this life. When the plane landed, I remember just gathering all of our bags And he again looked into my eyes very sincerely, and he thanked me for the experience. And I could do nothing more than just smile and thank him back at that time. I seriously have replayed different ways that I would have handled that interaction if I could go back and do it again. I regret not ensuring that he knew of his divine inheritance. I wish I could tell him that he has the same DNA, the same spiritual DNA as his father in heaven, and he has the ability to connect with him through prayer. Oh, there is so much I would say if I could go back. But all I can do is pray that the words from that simple primary song penetrated his heart enough to help him have a sense of his divine identity. Since this experience, I have thought a lot about identity. And I've pondered about the vital role that it plays in our lives. I've said this multiple times before on the podcast, but I believe that every human requires two things to feel happy and healthy. And the first is a sense of love and belonging. And the second is a sense of control. And this is loosely based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is used in psychology to study how humans intrinsically partake in behavioral motivation. Okay. I know my nerd is showing big time right now (laughs) because I seriously just love psychology and I ended up going down a rabbit hole researching for this episode. But you know what? Don't worry. I'm not going to use anything I discovered because over and over I felt that understanding our divine inheritance would have a much more profound effect than any other research or psychology study could do for us. I know that we are all constantly faced with complex decisions and circumstances. Having a strong sense of our correct and eternal identity will help us make decisions and will assist us in knowing how to behave. Because when we know who we are and what our purpose is, we don't get caught up in the details of life. There is an awesome website called freedomfromlimitingbeliefs.com. They were discussing identity, and I really loved what they said on there. They said knowing who we really are plays a key role in how we think, how we feel, and how we actually go about our day-to-day lives. Without knowing our personal identity, we are much like a rudderless ship drifting aimlessly in the ocean, subject to the whims of the tides and winds. 
For this reason, knowing our self-identity is important. It has been said that if people would only know their true identity, then they would be happier, more content, and more loving first to themselves and then to others. If you don't know who you are, your true identity, then how could you love yourself? You couldn't because you have no idea who you are loving. Is it the person your family tells you who you are? Or is it what people at work say about you? Perhaps the opinion of that irate person that cut you off in traffic. If you don't know your true identity, then you are open to the negative opinions of others, and then there is no way that you can love yourself. Who will you be loving? Yourself or the opinions of others? If you can't love yourself, then surely you can't love others. Without knowing your true identity, you won't be able to be content. If you have no idea who you are at the very core, then you will always feel broken, like a part of you is missing. You can see how our sense of identity depends on knowing our true identity. Without that knowledge of who we are, without that wholeness, we will feel unhealed and lonely. Okay, that's the end of that part of the article. And wow, that just hit me so hard. I don't want any of us to struggle with what comes when we lack the knowledge of who we are. In thinking about your identity, you may be able to pinpoint different characteristics you have. And many people extract ideas about their personal identity based on their careers and their friends, their hobbies and their families, just like it said in that article. But I want you to know that those are fleeting and they're ever-changing. What can keep us grounded is feeling that sense of love, belonging, and control is the foundation of truth in knowing that you are a child of God. I ended up coming across an old BYU speech by Russell M. Nelson. It's called Identity, Priority, and Blessings. It's from September of 2000. He gave such wise advice on this subject, and I just want to share it with you guys. He said, it is important for you to know who you are and who you may become. Understanding this can help you deal better with life's challenges. It's more important than what you do, even as vital as your work is and will be. You pursue an education to prepare your life's work, but I want you to also prepare for life, eternal life. I emphasize this because some people on life's journey forget who they really are and what is really important. Without sure identity and priority, blessings that matter most are at the mercy of things that matter least. If the Lord were speaking to you tonight, he would urge you to understand your identity, to know who you really are. You all have a work to do. I hope it will be enjoyable. It's nice to bounce out of bed each morning, eager to enjoy a day's work. And it's especially gratifying when we can bless the lives of others. But please remember, you work to sustain life. You don't live to sustain work. Your life will be a blessed and balanced experience if you first honor your identity and priority. Keep a good long-range view, knowing that the days of retirement from your work will come. There will also be an end of your mortal life. For hell and hardy young adults, those realities seem pretty remote. About the last things you worry about. But the day of your demise is coming, and eventually you will stand before the Lord in judgment. Eternal principles that govern happiness apply equally to all. I doubt the Lord cares much about which honorable vocation you choose, but he does care if you love one another and serve one another, and he cares that you have the obedience and self-discipline needed to maintain your identity and honor your highest priorities. 
You and I are to bear witness. We are to minister. We are to enlighten. We are to be an example to all who come within our sphere of influence. This privilege is ours 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, even on vacation. The Savior simply stated, What manner of men ought ye to be? Verily I say unto you, even as I am. That's from 3 Nephi 27, 27. Your most sincere sign of adoration of Jesus is your emulation of him. You know of him. You know of his divine parentage. You know of his mission and ministry in mortality. You know of him, not by direct visitation, but through the testimony of the Holy Ghost. The testimony of the Holy Ghost is the strongest testimony that can be given. It is better than a personal visit. End of his quote. Oh, I'm sorry I just read half of his talk to you, but I had to. How could I not? I find his words so powerful. This just reiterates to me that having that clear understanding of who we are and what our purpose is can and should shape our everyday decisions. When we truly believe that, everything we do and how we think will shift. It will change what we choose to listen to, what we watch on TV how we treat others, how we talk to and treat ourselves. It should cause us to pause and think twice about what we eat and what substances we're putting in our bodies. Because all of those seemingly insignificant and minuscule choices make up who we are. They show where our heart lies and what is important to us. And I personally find it so connected and feel that my behavior reflects on how much I love and respect my Father in Heaven. Thinking about this really reminded me of an experience that President Russell M. Nelson shared in the book, Insights from a Prophet's Life. I'm sure you've recognized that I quote him a lot. He's like one of my all-time heroes. I just love this man so much. If you don't know who he is, he is the president and prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His occupation was being a cardiothoracic surgeon. He's absolutely brilliant, but he also has a way of just touching the heart on such simple subjects and topics. I really love this man. Anyway, he was discussing the dilemma of keeping the Sabbath day holy and how complicated of an issue this was for a young surgeon. The book goes on to say, how does a busy doctor handle the Sabbath? This was not a theoretical question for a doctor. Dr. Nelson explained, we were dedicated to healing and saving lives, and I wrestled to know how to handle this. He discussed different arguments for both sides in the book. And then one day, Dr. Nelson came across a passage in Exodus 31:13, and this triggered a new spiritual understanding for him. The scripture says, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you. When he realized what he did on Sunday was a sign to the Lord about how he felt about him, his dilemma was resolved. He said, I no longer needed lists of do's and don'ts. When I had to make a decision whether or not an activity was appropriate for the Sabbath, I simply asked myself, what sign do I want to give God? That question made my choices about the Sabbath day crystal clear. Once I had the Sabbath day concept figured out, he explained, and understood that what I did on Sunday was a sign of my love for God, I realized that just as it wouldn't show my love for him by operating on Sunday, when it could wait till Monday, 
It also wouldn't show my love for God if I let someone die on Sunday who could have been saved. For a cardiovascular surgeon, that scripture was life-saving for my conscience and for my heart. I really love his thought process and how he came to terms with the decision that was right for him. Why I love this excerpt from the book so much is that it doesn't just pertain to the Sabbath day. If we all simply asked ourselves the question, what sign do I want to give God before every decision we make? Imagine how that would alter your life. Leading your life in such a way would give you great confidence in moving forward with your choices. And I'm sure it would help us cut back on regrets and unnecessary negative consequences, right? You guys, I wish, oh, I wish in my heart of hearts that man sitting in front of me on the airplane could hear this episode and I can right my wrongs. And I just really wish I could wrap my arms around him and let him know how loved he is by his father who is in heaven. And I wish the same thing for every one of you. You are his child. He loves you. He's watching over you. He cares about the intricate details of your life. And I promise you, he is there rooting you on and supporting you every single step of the way. I hope you can feel and believe of that divine identity within you. I love you guys. Have an amazing week as you remember that you are a child of God. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.